0: Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. We're going to talk about fathering today. Is that all right? I I suppose you figured that that would be the case. Um, You know, the the title of this message is just called Father. Because what I thought I'd do is just, I'm going to talk about the ultimate dad. And the ultimate dad, the ultimate tough daddy is God the Father. And, and just to, you know, just to open up with a few thoughts this morning, you know, the, the word dad or the word father may bring to mind for some of you very positive things. For some of you, maybe very negative, depending on what experience you may have had. And I pray today that, that today this message would help you somewhat uh, bring even greater honor to your dad or maybe bring a sense of healing in your heart. And at the very least, and hopefully to connect you even stronger to the ultimate dad, which is God in heaven. Uh, I believe that, that there are many father figures in our world. That God has blessed us, that the spirit of fathering can, can travel through not just our natural fathers, but other people in our world. And thank God for that. Coaches, mentors, teachers leaders bosses pastors these can all be great influences in our world and I don't think it's just one person who we get fathered by we get fathered by many people uh but ultimately it's obviously a natural father at best who can be that to us you know it's uh I, and I believe as dads I'm a dad I'm a I'm a dad of three um and I'm a grandfather now almost to three grandchildren uh whoo you know I found the grandfather thing a lot easier than the dad thing. <laughs> hardly felt a thing. Uh, and I got three, as I said, three, we've got three children, three beautiful children. They're all married and they all I have kids now, which is awesome. And I'm very blessed to have that. But I believe as a dad that, and as dads, we can, you, you never stop learning. We can always improve. Our, and none of us are anywhere near perfect as dads. We've got, we've got big gaps. In our world, as, as dads, I know there may be gaps in your relationship with your father, but there's also gaps in your relationship with your kids. And, and my, my belief is this, is that God designed it that way. God designed it that no dad is perfect. I think he wants us to be the best dads we can be, but none of us are perfect. In fact, I believe this, that if what you don't get by generation, God will give you by revelation. That, that there's only so much. And even if your dad was unbelievable, there are still gaps. And it's God lives in the gaps. He, he will make up for any lack that you have felt from your dad or to your children. God will make up the difference. And, and, and as you get to know God the Father more, that you will, I believe, become a better dad, but also receive fathering, that, that even a wonderful dad couldn't fully provide. Who can hear that today, anyone? So what we don't get by generation, we can get by revelation. And, but at the end of the day, we're all called to honor our dads. Whether they were, from your point of view, a wonderful dad or maybe challenging, the Bible is, without compromise, says honor your mother and your father because it's a promise in the Bible. In fact, it says if you do that, he'll give you a long and healthy life. Who thinks that's a good reason alone just to honor your parents? So I, I trust that this message this morning will, will uh, bring out of us greater honor for our parents and particularly our dads today, uh, even if it was a challenging lifestyle or a challenging background that you had. I'm going to talk today about the ultimate fathering relationship, and that is between God the Father and Jesus. And what I realized as I begin to do this study and think about this over the last couple of weeks is that Jesus was obviously born a baby, but he went from becoming a baby to becoming the savior of the world. And in that 33 years, he was fathered and he had to be fathered into that role. He didn't just do it because he was the Messiah and a little baby Messiah turns into older Messiah and older Messiah saves the world. No, he was a baby who needed to be fathered and led into becoming the sort of person who could go from being a normal child to becoming a person who could carry the burdens of the sins of the world. That's good fathering. And he didn't do it alone. He did it with the relationship with his father. And in the next few minutes, we're going to be talking to you about the six stages of fathering. So there are six encounters that God the Father had with Jesus, and each one of them represented, I believe, something significant that we can learn from. And, and, and maybe if, as a dad, you'll hear that this morning something that goes, well, I, maybe that part of my fathering is, needs a little work. Well, hey, why don't you use what we, we talked about this morning to take it to work? Maybe it's something that you never got. From your father. We'll take that understanding and go to God and say, God, can you give me that today? Father, can you give me that aspect of my my relationship with you this morning? So who's ready to to get busy? Anyone? All right, number one, birthing. Everybody say birthing. You might think, well, that's obvious. But but birthing, the, 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 the season around birthing, the entry of a life into the world is an amazing thing. Fathers are part of that process. I don't know about you, but I find it tragic when, that, when lives enter the world and there's, and there's no celebration, or lives exit the world and there's no care. That is, that is the demeaning of human life. But God never meant it that way. God meant that every life counts. The entry of every child into the earth is the celebration of heaven. And the exit of every life may not be a tragedy, but certainly needs, that life needs to be honoured. And when when we see these days on the news, the loss of hundreds of lives at a time, this tragedy in Syria that's going on right now, and hundreds of people who have been poisoned by government. To me, I cannot understand a government that doesn't have a father's heart, that doesn't have the care of human lives. It's tragic. But, but, But here's the deal. One life entered the world called Jesus, and God in heaven, the Father, was involved in that process. And, and, and it's, it's awesome that that, that that I find it amazing that the Bible talks about the story and it uses a less than perfect situation in order to give us an example of how well it can be done. Jesus was born into a situation where he was ado- essentially adopted into a family. Joseph wasn't his natural father, even though I believe he was probably a great great dad, but it, was, but it was less than perfect in the sense that he wasn't his natural dad. He was his, his adoptive dad. And yet God the father, from it, he was a long distance dad, was, was fathering Jesus from that distance but had this close connection with him. And in the birthing stage, birthing is about, you know, you see all these movies where a dad, after the birth of his child, brings out the cigars and, and is toasting. Or, well, that's what heaven was doing when Jesus was born. There's this sense of, like, celebration and, and amazing stuff happened. Like, this is important. And dads lead the charge when it comes to the celebration of that. In the, in the early part of the Gospels, it says about Jesus that he was, it was prophesied he's coming. There are prophecies about his coming and even to Mary there's a prophecy like you're going to be pregnant with a child. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world. How awesome is that? I mean all dads should have that sense about you like my kid's going to be the savior of the world. And, and uh, maybe that's a little bit overstating it but, but this sense of excitement and pr- sort of previewed pride of how amazing this child is going to be. Our daughter, our middle daughter, right now, Amy, is pregnant, and uh, that she we, uh, she's going to give birth on Australia Day uh, to our third grandchild. And I know her husband, which is the, obviously the father of the child, is excited. And there's this, sen- there's this sense, there's this glow, not just about the mum, there's this glow about the dad, like like this, like I'm going to be a dad. I'm, I'm like. I'm, I'm I've, 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 you know, I'm, I'm important in life. And I think that's the deal. That's how God the Father was with his son. And it's like, and it's not, like, oh, another life. Oh, God, so oh, whatever. No, it's, it's awesome, isn't it? And so there's a sense of prophecy. There's a sense of protection that, that uh, God the Father was orchestrating things on earth to protect the birth of this child because he was in danger. And an angel appeared to Joseph saying to Joseph, of go over here, go down to here because people are after you. So that, that God the Father was protecting, I believe, we do that as dads. We, we get the best hospitals. We, we set up the best possible situation for the healthy and protective birth of our children. And then there's provision in that. There's provision in that, this stage where, where things started to happen. Uh, God the Father provided amazing provision He sent wise men the, you know, We have this tradition where it's three wise men It wasn't three wise men, it could have been a thousand wise men We don't know how many wise men it was all, all we know is a bunch of wise guys Appeared uh, And with f- gold, frankincense Myrrh and gifts To provide for the future I mean, I'm sure Mary and Joseph were overwhelmed like, what do we, How do we carry all this stuff But great provision comes around this birthing stage Birthing the birthing of a life and the celebration of it around this time is extremely important. Okay, number two is belonging. Belonging. Even at a young age, Jesus felt the sense that he belonged, that he belonged in a place. He had a family, he had a house, and he belonged. In fact, it says that, that in the scriptures that Jesus, you know, when Mary and Joseph, you know the story I talked about it a few weeks ago, actually, that Jesus Uh, joseph and mary lost jesus terrible thing to lose the messiah and as they went looking for him for three days they eventually found him where in the house of god and he said surely you know i was here i belong in my father's house this is where i'll be he he knew even from heaven that god the father that he had a place everybody say place place is important and if place is important then displacement is tragic Homelessness, the reason homelessness is so tragic isn't just that people struggle physically and no food and so on. It's just that they have, they have been displaced. They no longer have a place physically in life. Home, family, father bring a sense of belonging, a sense of place. We need that. Dads, that's why it's so good. Provide a home, provide a place and always make your kids feel like you belong. Every time they walk in the door, hey, how are you? You know, awesome. They, they belong in this place. And the sense of when I see families rejecting children out of the physical locality of the house, to me, it's a tragic thing. they include them in and make them feel that like they belong somewhere because belonging is part of the deal. Number three is bonding. The bond, the bond between a father and a child is profound. And here we see this story in uh, the book of Luke of, of the baptism of Jesus. If we could turn there, guys. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son. How awesome is that? Imagine hearing that from heaven. Whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now, Jesus, he was about 30 years old. So he, here's the deal. Even at 30, he needed to hear from heaven. What a great thing. Like God got out his huge megaphone because it was like, in fact, it's almost like thunder from heaven. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. You know what I love about this scripture? Jesus hadn't done anything yet because, because the bonding, the greatest level of bonding happens pre-achievement. When when a dad uses his voice to show his approval, and and, and children need three things. They need approval, they need affection, and they need attention. These things come, from from, I believe, from both parents, but from a dad, and I believe the key is the voice. Everybody say voice. Kids need to hear the voice of dad. They need to hear the voice of the father saying, I love you. And here we have the Messiah. Surely he was beyond the need for approval from his dad, but he needed it and he needed to hear it pre-achievement. He hadn't done anything yet. I love that. In other words, I approve of you just because of who you are. Not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. That is awesome, isn't it? I love you. And here he is. And How awesome would Jesus have felt? It's like, that's my dad up there. (laughs) He likes me. It's good. (laughs) haven't done anything yet, you know. I'm going to die for the sins of the world, but I haven't done anything yet. This is pre-Christ. This is awesome. Uh, uh, so that's like awesome but that that Jesus received, that he felt bonded, bonded with. It. It's interesting. The next chapter, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and is guess what? tempted by the devil and one of the temptations of the devil is accusing him of who he really is but thank God he was baptized the day before or a couple of days before and the approval from the father in heaven who said this is my son he knew who he was we need to tell our kids who they are they need to know who they are so when they go out in the world to be tempted because behavior follows image if they have the right image in their hearts they're going to be fine they can go to universities and and hear all sorts of unusual theories on things. They can go to the tough marketplace because they know who we are. Dads, your voice is important. Don't let your voice be silent. Be a voice of encouragement and bonding with your kids. I think the Lord deserves a hand for that. What do you reckon? Come on, guys. All right. You got it. It's another B. Number four is believing. Believing. Check this story out. So many great stories. And the background of the story is that Jesus occasionally took the the three brothers because there are 12 apostles, but there were the three key ones, which is Peter, James, and John. And occasionally he took them on special adventures. And this one, he took them up to the top of a mountain. And they didn't know why they were going to the top of the mountain or what was going to happen at the top of the mountain, but here's what happened. Six days later, three of them saw that glory. Jesus took Peter and the brothers, James and John, and led them up on a high mountain. His appearance changed from the inside out, right before their eyes. Sunlight poured from his face. His clothes were filled with light. Then they realized that Moses and Elijah were also there in deep conversation with him. I love this. Peter broke in. Master, this is a great moment. What would you think if I built three memorials here in the mountain? One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still going on like this, babbling, (laughs) a light radiant cloud enveloped them. And sounding from deep in the cloud, a voice, this is my son, marked by my love, focus of my delight, listen to him. How awesome is that? Now, previously, well, what I love about this story is several things. One is, see, kids need their dads to believe in them. He's already bonded, so he already knew who he was. He already affirmed him and told him who he was, you are my son, with you I'm well pleased. Now he's telling him something different. First of all, he's letting him be included in a conversation at a high level. So it wasn't God the Father talking with Moses and Elijah. It was Jesus talking to Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah appeared on this mountain and Jesus, was the three of them in deep conversation. I reckon that would have been awesome to be part of that conversation. What were they talking about? Peter, James and John, they go, "Wow! I don't know how they figured out it was Moses and Elijah. Obviously, Moses looked like Charlton Heston, and <laughs> Elijah looked like Elijah. You know, he's a you know, rough-looking guy, no hair, you know, prophesying. I don't know what it was, but it was obviously Elijah. And then God the Father, who wasn't there physically, was there by voice, released Moses and Elijah into this conversation. There was Jesus, Moses and Elijah. See, when you believe in your kids, you release them into a level of life and a level of conversation that, that that's, is a new level. You believe in them. You can cope with that. You can do that. What I love also is that the previous story was like the voice of the father. Now he's saying, listen to his voice. Listen to him. When your kids grow to a certain level, you believe in them and you actually believe in their voice. So it's not just your voice to them, it's their voice to the world. And I believe that every one of your kids has a sound and a voice that the world needs to hear. And dads release it. How many talents, how many gifts, how many callings have not been released into the earth because dads haven't believed in their children? One of the things that we decided as as young parents is we said we were going to believe in our children. Believe in them. Stand with them. And we've said to them all along, whatever you want to do, do it. As long as it's legal, ethical, and moral, (laughs) we believe in you. Whatever career path you want, you know, Josh, as you know, our son, or many of you know, is, is he and his wife, Georgie, and their little boy, Brooks, live in Brooklyn now, and they're, they're in the ministry. I actually dissuaded him, attempted to dissuade him from the ministry for a while because I knew what it involved. I knew some of the things and the challenges, but also I wanted him to get experience in other parts of life, in the marketplace, which he did. But we've said to all of our kids whatever's in your heart, whatever dream you have, go for it with all your might. Right. Our middle daughter's an architect. She studied for six years at New South Wales Uni, and it was, there were some tough times. Is, but I believe as you keep believing in your children, as you keep believing in them, the dreams, their voice to the world will get released. And you can say to the world, My kid has a voice. My kid has a role in this world and the world will be better because of my children and it's dad to release that touch upon their world. We have to believe in our children, believe in them. Even when they're struggling, even when they're going through down times, even when, when you feel like this is the, 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 the craziest kid that ever lived. This is like, how did I end up with this one? Tell you what, if you keep believing in them, they will come forth and they will begin to be a voice into the world because God has gifted them individually to that purpose. God's good, isn't he? God is good. Your kids are great. Some of you are going no, nah, 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 nah. You don't know my kids. I know what image is on the inside of them. I know what God has, I don't know what God has called them to, but I know God has called them to something. As I, and as I scan this auditorium, I see all the amazing families. I see all the, and I know many of your children. And, I, and I'm hearing stories of many of your children. I'm hearing, I'm hearing the, the education and the, and, the, and the success that's beginning to happen. I hear the young preachers that are coming up through the ranks. I'm hearing, I'm hearing the stories of success. I'm so proud of your children. and I know you are as well. And we have got a great future because of the strength of this next generation. And I thank you, mums and dads, for believing in your kids. Keep believing in them. Come on, give them a big hand, dads. Now, I could start naming families. I won't, but they're awesome. They're awesome. Just incredible. You're amazing. So believe. Number five is burden. So this is the story of Jesus in Gethsemane. And check out this scripture. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and his two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible. Isn't it interesting? Didn't he didn't say, My God, he said, My father, if this is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them asleep. Found them Couldn't you mean, keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you're not falling into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible, he changed the language. The first time he said if it is possible, now he's going, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless you drink it, may your will be done. He, when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time saying the same thing. And then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The son of man is delivered in the hands of sinners. And I, last, I love this last bit, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. In his relationship with his father, his father basically, the, the, one of the great and ultimate levels of fathering is when you can actually lay the burden of responsibility on your children. You don't just believe in them, you actually burden them. They actually go from doing things and achieving to actually carrying great responsibility. The Father knew that Jesus could cope with it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given it to him. But here we have, even in the day before Jesus' death and resurrection, by the way, he was about to die for the sins of the world, he didn't feel like he was capable of, of handling the pressure that was about to come on him. And God the Father actually slightly distanced himself from him. There didn't appear to be an answer. And in the answer, the answer was affirmative. The answer was, you can do this. Not, not only do I believe in you, but I'm giving you responsibility. I'm giving you the thing. And the, the fact is, because Jesus was birthed, belonged, <laughs> bonded and believed in when it came to him carrying the burden he was ready to carry the burden of that part of life and the thing is your kids can carry burden they've got a lot more on them than you think they have they can carry the burden of marriage the burden of having children the the burden of responsibility whatever that is your kids can and part of fathering is going here here's my gift to you burden how awesome is that that's a great day a great day and God the Father knew that and often I think what we do as parents is too quickly take the weight off our children we try to remove pain from them when that's the very thing that they are called to now you don't want to release that too early they've got to be ready for that I see some parents too harsh too early too much But when the time comes, let them walk through it. You watch watch them grow. Watch them emerge. Watch them turn into people that they wouldn't have turned into if you hadn't have burdened them with them when they're ready for it. And they become the image of God on the earth. How awesome is that? The last one is broken. Probably one of the most powerful pieces of history happened as you know on the cross and not only was it an encounter between Jesus and the world it was an encounter between the Father and Jesus something was happening in the cosmos between and in this relationship between a father and a son and check out the scripture the story about three in the afternoon Jesus cried out in a loud voice Eli, Eli lama which means my God Why have you forsaken me? You see, the ultimate test of a relationship with a father and a child is brokenness. And it happens regularly. Happens when a child leaves home. Happens when a child gets married. Happens when a child moves away. It happens sometimes even in the place of death. But the ultimate test of a relationship between a father and a child is when, when there is a point of brokenness, and this is the test of trust. And this is when the child, then, in the, seemingly in the absence of that, no, no longer do I have this immediate, physical, tangible father, but I know he loves me and he's established things in me, but I'm now distant from him, and he is his own person. And that's when the next generation really steps in and steps up to what God has for that particular individual. It's interesting that the next prayer of Jesus, he, he went from, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he'd never felt separation from God, like Rich was saying earlier. But the next thing that he said was, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. He went from torment to trust. Wow. And in that journey, he, he, he learnt to know that it was going to be okay. And on the other side of that brokenness, of course, we know the story was the complete fulfillment of his call on earth happened after that. He died for the sins of the world. He rose again for their, for their new life and the, and the power of God. Ultimately, as dads, I'm going to go first. My kids are going to be left here on earth. Hopefully that's the order in which it happens. It's tragic when it's not that order. It's tragic when parents have to bury their children. But, but even still, God's favor and love and grace and mercy is there during those times. However... If I, God willing, if I go first, then what's left in the earth, my children. And in that broken state, they're going to carry a legacy of God's glory, God's purpose, knowing not, not broken and messed up and weeping for me for the rest of their days. No, moving on in life. I don't want my kids so dependent on me that... That, 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 that they can't function or live. I want them independent. I want them strong. I want them, I want them the, the, the legacy being something that I've given and invested in them rather than the need to be always close in physically to their lives. You can hear me on that right now. That's the ultimate test of relationship with God. And we know the story. What an amazing thing. God the Father created a life in his relationship with Jesus, created a life that went from like a six month old Jesus was not quoting scripture and prophesying, but He was just a baby. And yet he had a destiny in life and it was the encounter, with, I'll tell you what, dads make the difference. Yeah, they do. Dads make the difference. Dads make, and you might think, well, maybe I haven't done all that I could have with my children. That's okay, never too late. There are many times I'm going, oh, God, I missed it there, and oh, shouldn't have said that, and shouldn't have done that. We all are the same. Remember, God fills the gaps. God fills the gaps. And he's going to help us be better dads. He's going to help our kids get over our dad hooding. Uh, he's he's he's, he's God creates this amazing life in which he ultimately, ultimately is the father we all need to turn to. And God's good, isn't he? God's good. I just want to honor you as dads. I want to honor you as granddads. And you know, I'm sure there are great granddads. I want to honor anyone who's a first time dad. This is your first Father's Day. If this is your first Father's Day, uh, give me a wave. Any first, first Father's Day dads in the house right now? Anyone uh, waving They're awesome. Come on, give me a big hand. Great news. Can we stand to our feet right now? Can we stand to our feet right now? I don't want to keep you, it's Dad's Day. You want to go and take them out for a huge three-course meal. Uh, and, and uh, go buy bunnings on the way to lunch and uh, and just buy them just just saws and hammers and nails, stuff like that. It's like the guy who went to the hardware and said, "Can I have some nails?" And the, And the guy in the hardware said, "How long would you like them?" He said, "Well, I'd like to keep them." And uh, <laughs> My only dad joke of the day, and you're like, Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Podcast. Visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.